You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, everybody. This is Father Craig Vosick, your host for Real Presence Live. We're coming into our second hour of live programming in the upper Midwest, coming across North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, and even further into Wisconsin and Montana and other places like that, which is really, really grand. Uh, so I'm so delighted to be with you today. We had a great first hour. We're moving into our second hour. We'll have a couple guests talking about what's happening in our listening area. So we're glad that you're with us. You can share Real Presence Radio with all your friends and family. They can be listening to positive and encouraging music, music and programming uh, wherever they are. Uh, we'll talk about more ways for you to listen through our app and our website after a little while. But for now, we're going to talk about with another thing that's happening in Bismarck. We were talking about Bismarck in the first hour as well. There must be a lot happening in Bismarck. So, Sister Mary Joseph Campbell, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're so glad to have you here. Sister Mary Joseph, please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then uh, then we'll ask a little bit about what you're up to nowadays. Yes, so I um, uh, entered a Dominic- the Dominican Order when I was 18, so it was in 1997, and I answered a request from Bishop Kagan to help him start another foundation here in Bismarck. So I've been a sister for 23 years, and then now we're trying to start something up here so we can spread uh, teaching sisters in the North Dakota and grander area. So yeah, like that. That is fabulous. Uh, so how did this all come about anyway? Um, uh, Bishop Kagan just called and you said, sure. And that was just how that happened. He's just randomly calling <laughs> different sisters. I don't know. I doubt that. Actually, yeah. No, no. Yeah. As you know, things always take a lot of work, Yeah. but he had been working on this for several years. Like even before he came to Bismarck, he had been visiting communities and begging them to send sisters to the areas that he was working in at the time. And now that he's in Bismarck and working hard here, he really was trying to get sisters to come to this area to teach again in the school. Mm-hmm. So I happened to come along a year ago now, and I came to the diocese to, I was getting ready to actually go out to Australia. They're having a hard time uh, with religious life in Australia, and I was willing to do my part and help out. The Australian bishop that I was working with, it's, they're not quite ready yet, so it might be down the road, like 10 years down the road. But mm-hmm. he said, you know, it's going to take a little too long. So, But I had already contacted Bishop Kagan and told him I was in the area just so he knew I was there, and we had a meeting, and he was like, Sister, if Australia doesn't work out, please, can you stay here and do the mm-hmm. same thing here? Yeah. And so I said, well, if Australia doesn't work out, sure thing. And so it didn't. And here we are, a community later. I can't believe it. It's pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is great. Um, so as you know, I'm sure, uh, but I'll, I'll just share with the, the broader listening audience, something is happening or something has been happening in Bismarck, in the Diocese of Bismarck for, for quite a while now. I mean, we're talking decades uh, where um, there was a, a renewed focus on Catholic education uh, and really at all levels. And so what's happened in the diocese, they, they started putting priests into schools in very prominent roles of, of chaplain and, and assisting 
assisting with the cultivation of Catholic education uh, in the in the I guess probably also in the elementary schools. Mostly, I was thinking about middle school and high schools. And so now they have chaplains in all these different schools: middle school, academy, high schools, various other things. There's other schools popping up uh, for Catholic education in the area. And then about ten years ago, Monsignor Shea, uh, a priest of Bismarck, uh, took over as president of the University of Mary, and and has been uh, having great influence in in higher ed. And so there's just there's something happening uh, with Catholic education in the Diocese of Bismarck over the last 15, 20 years. Uh, so it's actually not surprising to me that there would now be uh, a further flourishing uh, wherein um, the the gift of religious life would also come to bear on this on this renewal on this movement uh, on this uh, focus here in the diocese of Bismarck. So I'm, it doesn't surprise me, but it's still totally delightful for me to hear that that you've come here uh, to Bismarck at Bishop Kagan's request to assist with with this. So what do, I mean? What does that look like? You're you you've come here. Uh, did you come with another sister? Or you just came uh, you came solo or? I came initially solo to set okay. up, yeah. and now I have another sister. Sister Mary Scholastica is also here. She's going to make her vows this coming summer, and then she will hopefully be helping in the school system also. She's a fully certified teacher, so okay. that would be great to have two of us. And then um, there's other ladies that are interested, and some have even asked to join. So we're getting the house ready for more ladies to come and getting classes ready so that they have a strong formation in philosophy and theology and Thomistic theology because we're striving to get aggregated into the Dominican order. So it's a, the thrust of the Dominican order is truth. And so our goal is simply to come in as Catholic women and live the religious life and teach the children and just try to set hearts on fire for what they were created to be, and that's with total union with Christ. So it's a tall order, but I have <laughs> to say, Father, it is. it has been such a blessing to be here in Bismarck because mm-hmm. the ground is so fertile. Yes. Like, the students are used to seeing priests around. The students yes. are like, oh, yeah, of course, there's something girls can do, too, you know. <laughs> and so they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I already have little ones that I'm teaching here who are like, sister, save me a spot, you know. Well, as soon as I'm old enough, you know. So it's just, there are vocations. They oh, yeah. are there. And it's just giving people the structure. And that's what I came to do, is simply lay out the structure, get the house ready, set up a, you know, a schedule. You know, like, it's that, it's the background stuff to build it up so that ladies can come mm-hmm. and they can live this life and they can become saints. Because yes. that's why we do it first off, is to be a saint and then to bring everyone else with. Right, um, right, right, right. Way. Yeah. Right. So, um, which you're coming from Dominican house uh, previously? Which which Dominican house was it? That's right, the Ann Arbor Dominicans. Correct. So I entered there right out of high school. Yeah. And then I was blessed to actually be sent pretty much all over the United States. Only this area was the one area I had not lived in. So I lived in Florida and Texas and California and. Michigan and yeah, Upper Michigan, um, Northern Michigan, and things. So I just I got mm-hmm. around. I lived, taught in ten different schools, mm-hmm. and I got a really nice idea of that. The United States, everywhere you go, there are people hungering for truth, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of just jumping in and doing what you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I'm in Bismarck. That's so just great. jump in. I just can't believe there's so many supportive priests. The overwhelming support 
and people yeah. just want to help. They want this to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever it takes. And I just can't thank God enough. It's really yeah. a beautiful place to be and to start so something like this. Yeah, that's so great. I had the privilege of visiting the 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 I don't know if it's called the mother house the house anyway in uh, in Ann Arbor mother mother of the Eucharist uh, yeah and uh, this overflowing with women it's just jam packed with sisters it's really great it's one of those beautiful yeah. stories in the United States you know of uh, the renewal of religious life and and fidelity uh, to the Lord and uh, living yeah. uh, living the evangelical council. So, everybody, I'm chatting with Sister Mary Joseph Campbell of the St. Mary Sisters here in the Diocese of Bismarck. Um, she has come uh, to Bismarck in the last year or so to assist with the uh, new foundation uh, for religious life in the, in the diocese, to assist with teaching in our Catholic schools, which is just so fantastic. Um, yeah. So what, Sister, what are you teaching? Are you teaching now, or are you just kind of working on the uh, setting up of things? Um, I'm doing both. So yeah. last year I taught at St. Joe's Mandan. Had a great experience there, learning uh, the ropes, how things work in North Dakota, and then I, the bishop asked me to come to St. Mary's Academy. So I'm actually sitting in the academy right now. Mm-hmm. So they're um, a great community. It's a nice, large school, 300-plus students. And um, I teach the sixth grade, all sixth grade religions, but four classes because it's almost 100 students. Yeah. So that's just terrific in my, in my mind to be, you know, a Dominican who's teaching religion. It couldn't be better. And then I spend the afternoons, I go home and I study with uh, Sister Mary Sclafira, get her ready, studying the vows, the constitutions, uh, Dominican life, and also um, all the papal documents that have come out on education and religious life in Canada. So it's a lot. You, you study all that during your canonical year as a novice so that you get ready. You know exactly what you're promising. Right. When you make your first vows. So... That and then I also have meetings and all that to try to build up. So the bishop has given us uh, very generously a home near the cathedral to use to start out, and then moving forward we need a larger house. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to meet with people and get that going so that more than just two or three ladies can enter. That yeah. actually a group of you know ten could come. So right, right. That would be great. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, and the interest is there. It's, it's going to happen because it's a beautiful life. It's worth living. So. so, Sister, have you come up to the University of Mary? We have, uh, we have hundreds of young women here that might want to join you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. No, I've actually been invited. I'm coming in yeah. October. Great. So I have a couple meetings scheduled with some ladies. And there's a dorm there that has discernment specifically, so I'm meeting with them. And Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. I have several, at least six or seven religious ed groups have contacted me and said, pretty please, can you come in just at least talk about religious life, get the children exposed. And even here in the building, it's been really nice because they realize that you're just, you're just like everybody else. You're just a hardworking Catholic. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, but they don't have much interaction with religious. So it's been really a blessing to be in the school building. And that's why I wanted to make sure I made time for it so I can get to know the families in this area and the communities better. Um, yeah, and it's been, people are so welcoming. I'm absolutely overwhelmed with it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I found that. I'm a transplant here as well. I'm not from the diocese, but I came here a year and a half ago, and uh, 
the the Catholic vibe around here is just really <laughs> it's really supportive. <laughs> it's really yeah, great. exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned Sister uh, Sixth Grade. So you're at this uh, Saint Mary's Academy. It's called for those. That's a that's a middle school academy here in Bismarck. Is that right? That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So the they have the elementary schools. I believe there's five of them, and they go from K or pre K to fifth grade. And then all the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders go to one building called St. Mary's Academy. And it used to be the old high school in close to downtown Bismarck. And then the high school has that beautiful building they built just north of Bismarck. And the high school, they've been there for, this is their second year. Right, so. yeah, I had the privilege of seeing this, a masterpiece. And this chapel is coming along really well. It's not, you shouldn't even call it a chapel. It's more like a basilica, but it's really great. Yeah. So it's really great. There's a lot of good things happening. Sister, stay with us. And listeners, please stay with us. We're going to take a short break, but we'll come back and we'll continue to speak with Sister Mary Joseph about uh, what the Lord is up to and uh, what's going on in religious life and uh, various other topics that we might want to chat about. So stay with us. This is Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in South Fargo near Saints Anne and Joachim Church. Lumen Vision is a full-service eye care facility that provides eye exams for both children and adults. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eco Eyewear, an environmentally friendly frame company that plants a tree for each frame sold. For more information about our mission and scheduling your appointment online, you can go to Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Father Vasek, your host for the day. I'm so glad to be with you. And I'm also so glad that so many students are running around here at the University of Mary. They're telling me, Father, turn down your... Turn down your uh, speakers. We're trying to study. I'm like, I'm not turning them down. I'm going to keep talking. 
It's just great to have our students here at the university. Uh, I'm visiting with Sister Mary Joseph Campbell of the St. Mary Sisters of the Diocese of Bismarck. Uh, Sister and I have been talking a little bit about uh, this um, this new movement, this new foundation that is uh, in its beginning stages here in Bismarck and uh, what's happening with Catholic education uh, and how that looks and what that's looking like right now in the history of Bismarck. But Sister, if we can, I would like to just visit with you a little bit more about your own journey. Um, you know, you mentioned to us that you joined when you were 18 uh, with Ann Arbor Dominicans, um, but before that, I would imagine that there's some things that happened. So we would love to hear a little bit of your uh, vocation story, a little bit of, about discernment in your own personal life, and then maybe extrapolate from that uh, some general principles for other for other women. So, when uh, how did this how did this all begin for you, sister? Did you you were eight years old and you tried on a habit? You said, "I think that's what I'm going to do." Oh yeah, no. Cool. <laughs> so I, I, I happen to come from a, a larger family. I got seven brothers and two sisters, and I was the oldest girl. So I have two older brothers, but okay. I, you know, prided myself on being, you know, responsible and helping raise my little brothers and sisters and being there when they, you know. So I presumed when I was in junior high that basically, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a mom because I know how to be mom. You know, you think you know everything when you're yeah. mom, you know. And so, um, but I remember one time we were in the car, and I was looking out the window, and I said to myself, okay, if God doesn't say anything, which I think is a funny way to put it, if God didn't say anything, that means I'm supposed to be a religious. <laughs> and I just happened to be going to a school where there were Benedictines. So I was being taught by Benedictines, and that was a really tiny little school, only 36 students. Mm. And I just happened to be one of the lucky ones in the Ann Arbor, Michigan area that actually went to the school. Hmm. And um, a few months go by, and I, and then I was praying in the car again on the way to church, and I was like, oh, wait, God didn't say anything. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember just, like, it kind of stuck with me. And it was so simple. Like, it wasn't anything flashy, and it never really left. It was like this tug and this pull. And I would go and visit a few places when I was in high school. I went out to California and visited a couple communities. And then I also, there was a community in Ann Arbor that I was looking into. But when I was a senior, the five Nashville Dominicans came to Ann Arbor, Michigan, just like I've come from Michigan to North Dakota. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I saw them, and it was like my being just kind of like sparkled like a firework. And I was like, that's weird. Like, why would I react just looking? Like, I'd been taught by sisters. I had seen sisters. You know, it wasn't like it was a foreign. I mean, I didn't know them really well, other than the benedictions yeah. that taught me. And I just, I just knew. There was no other way I could say it. And I, but I specifically remember it was a choice. Like, it was as if God was saying, you don't have to do this, but you will be most happy if you do. Mm. And I remember the day when I was like, no, I, I'm going to try. And you don't really know, you know, like sitting here, you know, 20 years later, I'm like, yeah, that's, it totally makes sense. But when you're in the moment and you're 18 and you're making a big decision, you do just, in many regards, like JP2 says, you have to step out into the deep. Yeah. You just have to do it because how could you possibly show you trust God and that he's taking care of you? The only way to do it is to actually step out and yeah. wait for him to do it. So I, you know... I think the best thing to do when you're discerning a vocation is to pray every day and then to actually make steps. 
So do think, because if you make steps towards like entering a convent and you don't feel good about it and it's not working out and things, you know, you hit some roadblocks, that's God. You know, like if he really wants you to enter religious life, he's not a cat and mouse game. He's not like peekaboo. You know, like if he (laughs) wants you to be a religious or a priest (laughs) or even married, like he's, it's not a secret. You know, like he just is simply, will you trust me and make steps? And not just talk about it, if you know what I mean. Right, like, right, oh, I right, like right, sisters. Right. Oh, I like priests. Or being a priest sounds good to me. Well, you know, the steps you make are important. You know, okay, I'm going to try to enter seminary. Or, okay, I'm going to go talk to a sister and see what it takes to become, you know, enter the convent. And yeah. I did talk to a few groups, and I knew right away, two of them, I knew right away that's not what God was asking. But the mm. tug wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. And then when the Dominicans showed up, I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> sure. You know? So, yeah. but yeah, it does take courage. you got to kind of face the, face the music. You know, like, cause some, you'll get lots of comments. I went in one place. I was working for my dad at the time, and they're like, why are you wasting your life? You know, so, so mm. you know, you get all sorts of responses mm-hmm. um, when you're considering a religious vocation or a priestly vocation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I uh, these images that you're saying it's not these are things that it is not. Is I think it's important to say that because I think a lot of people feel that way. It's like, is it a game of cat and mouse? Is it uh, the one you use about peekaboo? I just started chuckling because why would God, who loves us and wants our best and wants to direct us, why would He do that? He's like peekaboo. I'm just gonna try to. I'm gonna try to trick you. Try your best. I'm gonna hide from you. You Uh, I think people feel that way or or sense that it's probably going to be that way. but if they would step away from the, the sort of mystery and just say, no, it's, uh, it's practical. I, what can I do to explore this? I mean, it's with anything. I have students that come to me and they say, um, I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I'm like, well, okay, what are you trying out? They're like, I haven't tried anything. I'm like, well, maybe you want to try something? Yeah. <laughs> maybe start, uh, start doing something, take a step, you know, like you're saying. Take a step in uh, one of these directions and see. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Okay, well, then let's do that, you know. <laughs> Uh, it's easier to, it's easier, what's the, what was the saying? It's easier to, it's, re, it's easier to redirect a moving ball than to get a ball to move in the first place, you know, so just yeah, get the ball rolling excellent. and the Lord will direct it, you know, so sister, you mentioned, um, that, uh, a person should pray. This is advice that you would give. So we, we want to talk about, uh, on prayer, uh, uh, discerning a call to religious life. You're also mentioning, uh, taking steps, you know, practical steps of encountering various people. Um, would there be other things? Or would you like to go more more into depth on either of those topics um, with regard to a young woman or a young man, uh, but in particular yeah. a young woman who's discerning religious life? Well, I know for certain if, if the time for religious life is there, you'd want to start having a regular prayer life. Yeah. Because that's what that life entails. That's part of it. So if you're having a difficult time even having a regular prayer life... Now, when you enter the convent, though, the structure is set up, so it's actually easier to keep a regular prayer life once you've entered. So it's not like if you can't keep it every day, you've got a problem. But if there's, like, I know, like, in high school, towards the end of it, I just had this tug in me where I would actually feel an ache if I didn't do prayers. Mm -hmm. And that's a sign, too, because you're being called to a life that has a lot of prayer built into it. Even to this day, I still feel like I'm on retreat, like, every day. (laughs) But, you know... Yeah, so it's definitely, that's a big aspect is that you 
add prayer in regularly, and then that brings you peace. And then the other thing is when you start contacting religious or groups or want to visit a convent, that when you're there, there is a sense of um, that you belong. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you won't have to, like, adapt, because there's always things you have to change when you move into a different style of life. But there's a sense where it's almost like you're a puzzle piece and you feel like you fit in. Mm-hmm. Like there's this thought, you're like, oh yeah, I can live with these individuals and I can work this apostolate and I could, you know, because even, and it's not everything, because like when I realized I was going to be a Dominican, I literally was like, are you kidding me? I have to go to school the rest of my life. I was like, I hate school, you know, and so I was like, no, but then I was like, no, he's really asking this. It's, it's somehow going to work out. And then when I entered, what I realized is I hadn't lived with people yet that really understood the beauty of what education is, mm-hmm. that it brings the person to its fuller, you know, self. Mm-hmm. You learn more about yourself and about God, about where you're going. And that's when I like was like, oh, thank the Lord I entered the convent. You know, it's like it changed my mindset. And then also, I walked into the classroom, and it was like I fit. Put, it's like putting on a glove. I love mm. teaching, and that's mm. what I was actually made to do. And I thought, gosh, I'm so happy that I didn't stop myself from entering because I was, like, apprehensive about the idea that I'd be in education the rest of my life, mm-hmm. when it's really what I was created to do. And education is not easy at all anymore. It's, right. just, it's a tough profession, and mm-hmm. it does involve a vocation. Like, you can't teach sincerely and well unless you've actually been made to do it by right. God. So I just can't thank God enough for that, that even though I knew I was supposed to be a sister and I didn't like education, that I did it anyway. So now, yeah, I'm just saying everything isn't going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 this is all check, 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 check. Yeah. It's just mainly you have a lot of checks. You're like, okay, yeah, I, I want the prayer life. Yes, I would like to live with people. Yes, I want to wear a habit. You know, like, you kind of just go down the list. And when visiting, you will get a definite sense. But you do have to step out and make those visits. You can't just read websites or watch videos. You know, you've actually got to make that contact and get to know people that are in religious life to realize, yeah, I can definitely be myself in this. And then take the plunge and actually try to enter. Because you really will know once you come. I knew even within two weeks, I was like, yep, this is what I was made for. Even though I knew it was going to be... not it, not everything is easy, and no life is easy, but I knew, no, this is what I was made to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't thank God enough. Yeah, the two points that stand out, Sister, um, one being that we don't, we don't always know exactly the depths of our capacity, uh, but the Lord does. And so you didn't know that teaching was going to be, you almost felt like it was the opposite, but there was something deeper that the Lord un- un- unveiled to you uh, and showed you. Which, so we can't trust completely in what we sense for ourselves. We have to really turn to the Lord and have Him manifest and reveal that. So that's one thing. A second thing is this this idea of uh, taking taking practical steps. Uh, like you're saying, I have so many people that tell me, oh yeah, I'm discerning this. Like, what are you doing to discern that? Well, I'm thinking about it from time to time. Like, that's not really discernment. You gotta go yeah, like exactly. encounter these things, you know. You gotta go talk to some people, you know. So, anyway, sister, yeah. we ran out of time here, but thanks so much for being with us, uh, for t- speaking to us about the St. Mary Sisters and discernment and your own personal story. So thank you so much, sister, and God bless you. No,
All right, everybody, we are going to take a quick break. And after that, we're going to talk about what does it look like to be charitable? What does it even mean? We're going to talk about that. So stay right here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 